0: In the NASL, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The athletes who play the game and the fans who whine on Twitter. These are their stories. (laughs) Mr. Rogers, Mm -hmm. isn't it true that you sold out your organically begun, independent, local, artisan, vegan team to the corporate overlords at MLS and dollar sign UM? That isn't remotely true, Counselor. In fact... In fact, isn't it true... That you always wanted to join the forces of single entity and enjoy the personal, fiduciary benefits along with Sunil Gulati, Don Garber, Barack Hussein Obama, Benedict Arnold, and Kirby Bucket. What? Where are you getting your sources, Mr. Westervelt? Objection, my lord! Man. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Tough Toughcast. And welcome to Toughcast, everybody. I'm Notch. I'm Jeff. How are you doing, Gerald?
1: Great. Actually, I'm doing fantastic. What about you, Nate?
0: <laughs> See, he's, he's, he's learning. This is good. This is good. Although, in, in fairness, I did mistake your brother for another person mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. You called him Joe. Yeah, I have now got three people I work closely with who have one or two syllable names that start with the word J. Yeah, yeah, you're screwed, man. And it sucks
1: because there isn't anyone else whose name starts with N that I can think of. Exactly,
0: or ends with ket.
1: That, but here, here's uh,
0: right. speaking of things that start with jay i just want to throw out a shout out to a local twin cities business actually and th- these guys aren't paying me for this or at least they're not paying jeff <laughs> wink wink right. uh no but seriously Eddie. they're not they're not paying me or us for this it's just a business that i've had the pleasure to work with who are really awesome and so i feel like i have to give a shout out to them they're called johnson clocks and they're spelled j-o-n s-s-o-n they're on Etsy. they have their own website called johnson time where they make these really cool clocks the guys awesome to work with, I, I really recommend you go check his stuff out. And if you buy a clock w- from these guys, I assure you, you will enjoy it. I think I'm staring at the clock that you're referring to. Exactly. It's you- a nice.
1: That's a nice minimalist clock. Exactly. And what do you notice about it compared to my old clock, Jeff? It doesn't tick loudly. Exactly. It's Where quiet. I think there are probably... Out of the three months of podcasts, I would say probably four of them that we started recording, then we'd have to stop, and then we'd have to move the clock into like the kitchen and then go back to,
0: we'll call it the studio. Yeah. Well, the clock is now lying in a pool of its own blood outside my apartment, and uh, that clock, this one is awesome and very quiet. Thanks, Johnson. Thanks, Johnson Clocks. So go, go check them out. Seriously, guys, these are really good clocks. But let us now get to the business of the NASL.
1: Because there's been a lot of news, Jeff. There has been. And actually, I think we're going to start with a lot of Minnesota-centric news.
0: We're going to start with the evil single-entity stadium of death, destruction, and the ruin of American soccer. As well as our sources of income. Exactly. Mm-hmm. By the way, thanks, Don Garber. I appreciate all of the checks. Uh, wish you would pay me as much as uh, Northern Pitch people, though. Come mm-hmm. on, now. Yeah, no, we, we like to see our residuals, And actually, I
1: would rather invest in silver. Uh, if you're listening right now, don't send me cash. Just put it
0: straight in silver. That would be great. I hear gold's better. and well, gold's always better, isn't it? Indian people do invest in gold. Like, oh. that that's actually a thing. I'm not even joking. If I, do, I like, said like, that, all I would not be hosting this podcast anymore. No, no, no. See, like, you wouldn't be hosting this podcast if you were something like, if you said something like, oh, yeah, uh, okay, well, I'm not going to say what, she, what would be offensive, but that's it's also actually a bad impression of me. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> It's actually a fact, though. Indian people do invest in a lot of gold as a, as a culture because we believe in um solid wealth. Like those kind of uh, gold center people. Anyway. I know. I know it would get me fired off this podcast. No, don't say it. If... Don't... You already
1: made a tasteless joke. Was no, it last no, 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 week I, or the week before? I don't remember that joke. But if I said something to the extent of Law & Order is the worst TV show ever created, I would be... Get out <laughs> now.
0: You I don't You need to it. leave. I I'm don't I'm going to go find a new it. co-host... Right now, okay. Hey, listen, we're getting away from you know the whole reason we have this podcast. Sure, talk it up, talk it up. What's the what's the stadium news this week? Yeah, okay. So this company called Mortensen, they have already worked with our stadium architect Populous to design three other stadiums in the Twin Cities, uh, which is TCF Bank, the stadium for the University of Minnesota, the Target Field, which is the tw- the Twins Stadium, mm-hmm. and the Excel Center where the Minnesota Wild play. Is there another team that plays at the Excel?
1: Um, besides primarily- Maroon Five.
0: they did have a concert there
1: i'm sure they did i think taylor swift had three i I missed that uh that's a great i think you're actually west coast at that time was i we're gonna say so that seems right um (sighs) no the wild are the primary occupants some the minnesota state high school league puts their hockey tournament finals bracket in that stadium and that's about it
0: well, anyway, Mortensen know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they've worked with Populous before. They also have an office in the same park, uh, office park, as Minnesota United, so just good sense. stuff. All yeah. right, all right, so that 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 gets done with our evil stadium news. And that brings us right into who
1: is going to possibly be coaching the team in their new stadium. Minnesota did a little bit of a shake-up with their coaching structure and with their, uh, their structure as far as... Uh, player scouting organizations academy running in the future.
0: And this is by the way maybe he will continue in MLS but for sure next year Carl Craig the former assistant coach is going to be the head coach of our team. Mm-hmm. Every
1: Sunday morning after the game will be tea time and I'm excited.
0: Every mo- every Saturday evening during the game will be Jordy cursing and shouty time at the sidelines which is going to be awesome. Also it's a it's a sneaky fact
1: but Carl Craig has the best hair of any head coach of any of
0: the coaches in the American soccer pyramid. I would love to see him have like, you know, he was a punk back in the day. If he had like the old school punk haircut comes on the co- comes onto the sideline with his hair like pink with like six inch, like massive spikes in his hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the ref like uh, calls, calls out one of his players, he just gives him like the up yours symbol. Yeah. That'd be pretty awesome. That would be pretty cool. I think That'd be great. Be way worse than that. So, yeah. Manny Lagos is going to, the former coach, uh, two-time, I believe, NESL coach of the year, is going to be the sporting director of Minnesota United, which puts him in charge of everything from reserve team to player acquisition to development, just about everything to do with players mm-hmm. and the strategic vision of the two squads.
1: I like the idea of separating the posts. because and, and, and this while, was fan-suggested. It was. This was cried for many a time during this last year, especially once the MLS announcement came out, because Manny had been acting essentially as both roles for the last couple of years, especially. And the sporting director is as parallel as you'll get to a general manager in the other major American sports, and you don't really see the same person who's doing the X's and the O's on the whiteboard if they still use it the, do they even do x's and and whiteboards anymore in sports i don't know
0: well there was a, a the dark clouds uh, merchandise swap this past weekend for the mls cup party there was a little pad there which had uh, little football diagrams on every page missed and missed that yeah
1: that would have been great um i'll just say one more thing no, about uh, this yeah go to ahead to go close on. that thought i totally left that open-ended that person who is drawing up the game plan and doing the in-game changes is very seldom the person who's bringing in the personnel to begin with. They should work in close tandem, and it helps that they were on the same coaching staff together. And Carl Craig was the assistant or associate head coach last year. What was his title? I forget. I think it was assistant. And if that's the case, then, you know, they, they've been in cahoots for a while. I think it's a,
0: it's a great way to do it. Yeah, they're definitely on the same page. And the, and the point is, this frees up their time. That's the big one. So anyway, moving along, I just want to say one more thing on this topic, which is that I don't like the term sporting director. It sounds super lame for someone with super, so much power. I thought sporting Kaiser, mm-hmm. sporting console was good. And then David Smith actually on Twitter mm-hmm. gave me the best one, which is sport con. <laughs> That's the Sportcon. one. All right. Like moving right along. Minnesota United also announced a pretty big piece of player news, man. We signed Stefano Pino. We
1: did. Giving us the, if Pablo comes back, the 2012, 2014, and 2015 Golden Boot winners in NASL. Exactly. Not With 99 bad. goals among them. Not too bad. That's freaking insane, man. And, and we just set the record this past year for the most goals in a season, too.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like this acquisition. It's a very bold move. It's, it's kind of signals to the NASL what kind of team we're going to be. What kind of team mm. is that? Attacking.
1: We're gonna attack more than last year, or how will that be different from last year? Because Pino has a very different skill set certainly than Pablo does. and that would only be if they ran two forwards, which last year for most of the year they did not.
0: the The point I was trying to make is that they, they've decided to go after a really prominent attacker in the league, and that's not something you do unless you want to keep playing the same strategy. you've had which is very attacking now. My question is going to be how they're going to play defensively at the back, because that was an uh, area of weakness. So right. so that there's still a question mark, but it at least doesn't mean that next year in chasing an NASL title, we're going to bunker down and play like Chelsea did last year. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest, I don't
1: love the signing. Yeah, I, I really don't love the fit at all. Um, it was something we talked about in our end of the year roundtable when we brought in our guests and we were able to talk about this a little bit more, but Christian for whatever reason, was not winning 50-50 headers opportunities. And Pino, in any highlight package you see for him, either made by him and his posse, because I'm sure he has one, um, and either that or made by the NASL, made by the team, what Mm -hmm. have you, none of them showed any headed goals. He is very much a score-with-your-feet kind of player, which is great. The problem is they don't have a forward between those two who looks like they'll be able to win those kind of headers and be able to be an asset on free kicks and corner kicks. And if you have both of them, there's no way that one of them's going to be coming off of the bench. I would think they're both starting.
0: Let's see who's in midfield and who from the defensive line could be brought forward to take a set-piece header is, is, is my thought. Let's, mm-hmm. let's watch for that. But at the moment, I think... Like you said, Ramirez and Pino have a very different skill set. I could envision them being on the pitch at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think it's too early for me to make up my mind about this. And I'm just going to say I'm over the moon about having the guy who outscored Ramirez last year. I'll I think be very excited to yeah. see
1: the training this year.
0: It's, it's absurd to think that the, a guy who was able to put that much into every game is... Is bad Now, we might end up with a situation where PC was the guy who made it all happen, but that's neither here nor there, and we'll see. I think PC is the guy that I I really want to see him back in the NASL, and we'll see where he ends up if he does stay. That's a great point. Moving along, two pieces of quick NASL news. Mitch Hildebrandt and Tyler Pollack from Minnesota United left our team. They went over to FC Cincinnati in USL. Um, Pollack saw very little of the pitch in the last two years. Hildebrand saw a lot more because Van Okel was injured in 2014. So he was a starter for a good long time. Saw a little bit of the the pitch this year and was, in my opinion, weaker. So Mm -hmm. I don't think these are two massive losses. I think Hildebrand certainly, I'll miss him, but I don't think he's irreplaceable. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they'd also brought in Austin Berry, who was the 2012 MLS Rookie of the Year. So it's interesting. I mean, they had their first 11 players signed, and a lot of them are players with MLS or NASL experience. So I think for Cincinnati,
0: personally, that's a a great way to start. Absolutely, 100%. There is a rumor that Venegas, our winger Mm -hmm. in Minnesota, is signed beyond the NASL to MLS transition date.
1: Yeah, so that would be, uh, Pino signed a two-year contract to clarify, which would keep him through the end of the 2017 season. There was a report that Grant Wall put out today, and we'll get back to Venegas in just a second here. Um, I'll just directly quote it, MLS wants ballast expansion balanced, excuse me. In MLS expansion news, I'm told the league is prioritizing having two teams come in at the same time in the next expansion rounds. That would mean Atlanta and Minnesota in 2017, LAFC and Miami Beckham United in 2018. Minnesota would need to play in a temporary stadium, possibly Minnesota Twins Baseball Stadium target field. Okay. This isn't necessarily news, to be honest. I think pretty much everybody who's been following this has assumed they would want to do two and two, put one team in the East, one team in the West each year, and then eventually you'll get to 24. There was also news that they, the the board of directors and the owners voted and agreed to expand to 28, but there's no timetable for that necessarily, so that's something to keep your eyes on in the future, markets like Sacramento and Las Vegas. These two-year contracts, then, anytime you hear multi-year deal for the offseason for United... This year. For this offseason, correct, it's going to mean that the team has their sights on them for MLS. So it is also going to be very interesting to hear how they announce player signings and re-signings, what have you, going into this year.
0: I mean, I, I don't know about the business of MLS, to NASL or NASL to MLS transitions, but doesn't the business entity that's signing this contract cease to exist?
1: Well, I mean, they're not signing an NASL contract anymore.
0: No, I know. I know. But I'm just saying when it was Orlando City went from USL to MLS, my understanding of the situation was that they became a totally separate business entity. And so this contract for two years, where does that second year go? Does it go to the USL affiliate? Does it stay with this? It's... Anyway... All I'm saying okay. is that there might be some legal mumbo-jumbo to sort out. Uh, the point is that at least Pena wouldn't have put two years on the line if, uh, if he didn't think that he wanted to be in Minnesota for a while. Mm-hmm. He must have been told something where in some way, whether that was maybe, hey, we're not sure. A lot of people have been telling me that Minnesota United is not sure when they are leaving the NASL for MLS. Officially, that decision has not been made. What I've also, but like you, I've been hearing from a few people who I trust to be in the know. I'm not, but people I trust saying 2017 might happen. Uh, That NSC is something that they're looking at in addition to other locations but we might see MLS at NSC we, we don't know so anyway there's, there's too many question marks up there the point is if they do start playing in 2017 Kevin Vanegas might actually be signed through that date
1: yep and so that would mean the players that we have any sense are signed for 2017 is that three now between Pino Venegas, possibly and Christian possibly Again, Who knows? a lot of question marks. Who knows? Uh, MLS Soccer's uh, Spanish affiliate Football this MLS nice. had an interview with Miguel Abara today where he said he's not opposed to coming back to Minnesota United either.
0: <laughs> okay. And way Moving. more question marks than so you So, dude, want. we have now spent 17 minutes talking about just Minnesota. Well,
1: don't forget we also had a, a nice little Law & Order homage that was totally your idea. So, well, that was
0: also... Themed on Minnesota. So So we need to move on to other stuff to keep these people actually listening to us. Let's go to Indianapolis. Uh, To our two listeners, please stay. Mm. Uh, Let's go to Indianapolis. What's going on there, Jeff? Well,
1: we talked about it at length last week, but Tim Hankinson is officially the head coach in Indy.
0: Hey! Formerly of solid goal in India, as I mentioned, which is pretty cool. That's
1: right. And also, to a lesser extent,
0: was for the Colorado Rapids and led them to the playoffs. So... When when he comes to town, I'm gonna ask him about his experiences in India. If we can get him on, if we can get an interview with him, how cool would that be? That'd be sweet. We should work on that. Yeah, we should work on that. Mm -hmm. I got Gary Smith last year.
1: That's oh, that's right. That was such a cool interview. That was before my time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was really fun. So if we can get Hackinson, I'd love to ask him. I mean, obviously a little bit of bad blood with the organization that he worked with, according to his quotes. But uh, I'm sure I'd love to ask him about how it was transitioning from a US. Mm soccer coaching role to you know being in India where the facilities are different the weather is different everything's Mm -hmm. different developmental level I mean I would love to hear his perspective anyway right and
1: if you want to hear words spat at you for a while then sit back pour yourself a drink because I have 16 player names from Indy that are going to be either staying or leaving so Notch are you cozy I am cozy I got my 312 here we go oh yeah shout out to the 312 this week I've got Mictor's Rye so here we are <clears throat> Indy re-signs defenders Marco Franco Greg Janicki Corey Miller Midfielders Dylan Mares Don Smart And Dragon Stoikov. Stoikov, Stoikov. That's what I thought And forwards Duke LaCroix And Wojcik 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 Wojciech. <laughs> Damn Woj 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 And they let go The keepers John Dawson And Christian to Which we talked about A little bit last week uh, Judson McKinney Eric Norales which is a bit of a surprise, um, he made the toughest 11. He was the indie rep, Eric Norales, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And then midfielders, Marvin Celibos, uh, Donald Cuevas, Kleberson, <laughs> and Victor <laughs> Pineda. Uh,
0: out of that lot, I think the only one that I was surprised by was Eric Norales, but he did say on Twitter or in a quote, in an article, that he wa- he wanted to stay domestically here, if cool. he could. That would be his first option before going back to his home country. Um would you want him as Eric an Morales? NASL fan? Yeah. I think I guess it depends on the team, doesn't it? I will be quite honest with you on this point. I don't have enough of a soccer brain to look at a player who is performing well in an underperforming or poorly performing squad and to say whether he can do well on a squad that is well oiled and sure. doing amazing. So I, I don't know the answer to that question, Jeff. What do you What do you think? Fair enough. I mean,
1: any time that you're an international player, you know, for a country like Honduras, which does at least make the hex pretty much every time around, you know, that's saying something. Um, he's thirty, so he's got a couple of years, I would think, left in his prime. Uh, five foot eleven. I sure. If nothing else, you can never have too much depth defensively. And I think that he's somebody who, like you said, it's pretty hard to rate a player when they're playing on a bad team if they're playing well. But but at the same point, you have to think the best on a worst team is going to be far better than the worst on the best team.
0: True. And we are, to be fair, looking for a solid center back. So -hmm. maybe a guy with international experience isn't the worst choice in the world. That's what I'm thinking. So... Problem is that we have another aging center back.
1: Yep. Already. Um, and poor went out for Cleverson. Poor Cleverson. What a year.
0: What a year. Those, well, he didn't have a bad 16 to 18 minutes or whatever he had. He no, was actually was, pretty good. If you think <laughs> but about it, actually,
1: I, uh, uh, now that I think about it, he got paid the most per minute of any player in NASL, didn't he? Probably. I will safely guess.
0: Well, probably not as much as some of the guys who saw zero minutes, though.
1: But I mean, then it's divisible by zero, which is zero,
0: you know. And even then, oh my god, you blew my mind, Jeff. Both my parents are math teachers, homie. You bet. Oh my god, that was awesome. Oh, that that is a moment that when we have a tough highlight reel, when we're both like broadcasting on ESPN (laughs) and they're like having our podcast highlight reel, this is that's the moment they will use where we'll both like cover our heads in shame, like, oh, we're so embarrassed, but we love it anyway. Yeah, bet. Uh, Moving straight along, I think Ceballos and Cuevas uh, were two guys who were midseason signings for them. And again, I I didn't really make that much of an impact. Um, Janaki, I'm happy to see him going back. Good veteran presence to to remain with Indy. Dylan Mayer's Don Smart, Corey Miller, kind of obvious. I'm kind of glad that Don Smart's
1: going back just because for some reason I love me some Don Smart. I really? have no bearing for that. I have no like. I can't point to a single thing. But there's something about Don Smart that you just man. I think he shares a name with a character that on How I Met Your Mother. That's not a bad guess. Actually. Have you have you watched that uh, TV show? I have. I actually I just burned through in the last about week and a half. I got through the entirety of um, the whole Master, of None. Master with, of None. It's Aziz Ansari's show on Netflix. Oh
0: right, right, right. I gotta watch that. Don't, That's don't great, dude. It for me,
1: it's great. I mean, there's not much to spoil. It's, like, episodic, so each one's kind of different, so it's really cool, but um, highly recommend that for anybody who hasn't watched it yet.
0: It's got an Indian dude, so I'll recommend it. No, Don Smart was definitely a, uh, I believe he was a character on How I Met Your Mother, but anyway, there was a guy named Don anyway. Whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Moving right along, we have next piece of news, which is K.O. Zanardi. I say K.O. Listen what I say. Oh. Are you letting the striker likers copy that? I say, que, oh. yeah, if they're not singing that next year, they're idiots. Anyway, he's he's signed on as uh, the Fort Lauderdale's head coach. Uh, some of you may have heard his name on the post that Gunther and put up on Facebook, calling him <laughs> something like a traitor or something like that. <laughs> But anyway, he's he's got that uh, sewn up, and he traveled along with uh, Sean Gurren and Lou Cucati, Luis Cucati. Three of the so three of the Fort Lauderdale's leadership are in Brazil to negotiate with Corinthians mm-hmm. for the sale or loan of three players from that team. So Brazilian first division team Corinthians, looking at Angel Romero, twenty-three-year-old Paraguayan, Gabriel Vasconcelos, he was nineteen years old, and Andre mm-hmm. Vicinius. Who's 24. Three young Brazilian dudes.
1: Well, I will give you a point and a counterpoint to that. Point. Well done last year by Lauderdale looking at young Brazilian dudes. You know, they, they hit it big. Counterpoint. We didn't get to see much from Yago, who is a fellow young Brazilian dude. I think that, I mean, Soccernomics, the book, kind of talks about this a lot, but it's interesting how you hear young Brazilian, and immediately you're like, yeah, I'll watch him play. How much am I paying? Great, take my money. And if you heard, like, oh, yeah, very established 24-year-old, like, Hungarian, you're like, okay, well, it's not Brazil, but it's Hungary, so I'll, I'll I guess I'll go. So there's something sexy about Brazilian soccer in general. And um, for a a new coach to be able to get three from one of the most revered teams in Brazil, this isn't necessarily just like an an also-ran team. Corinthians is one of the bigger teams. Sure, yeah, give them a look. If they're going to let you have them for either a loan or purchase, you might as well try.
0: I mean, here is what I will say to that, which is that Keo Zanardi has a certain pedigree that he's bringing in terms of evaluating young Brazilians, okay? He was the coach of a Brazilian youth team at the one of the youth World Cups, and that, that's pretty huge, man. The under seventeen national team to the South American Football Championship that that's that's great. That's big. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, this this is like a guy who knows what he's looking for when it comes to the country of Brazil. So I trust his evaluative judgment. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and and I will I will also say that. For every Iago, there's a PC. And Iago was 19. He was very raw. Two of these guys are in their early 20s, which is a little bit different. And one guy is 19. I think
1: that's where that comes into play.
0: Angel Romero is the only one that has had some sort of more buzz, though. There was another article or tweet, I should say, that was quoting him. But anyway, moving along to some Cosmos news.
1: Yes, they uh, made a few extensions and uh, brought back a few midfielders. Sebastian Gonzati, Adam Moffat. Uh, Ruben Bover, and
0: then they also brought back forward Dave Dioza. I'm sure as soon as Eric Morales was gone from Indy, they were like, all right, Guanzati's cool. Let him in. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Quite probably.
0: Yeah, they had a a bus stop last year on the sidelines at Indy, and uh, I I forget if both of them got a red, or one of them got a red. Anyway, Fort Lauderdale also added an NPSL side. Their under-23 team, whoa.
1: They also were pretty creative with the name. Fort Lauderdale Strikers U23.
0: What? That's amazing. What's I, our
1: mascot? The U23? The the glorious U23 animal? I hope it's just the number 22. <laughs> Still under 23, but we're pushing the limits. And so it's just going to be two people standing... Or better if it's one, actually. Screw it. Let's go with one person who's like in the middle of two number twos. <laughs> and it sounds like a video I rented once. A person in the middle of two number twos. And yeah, um... There we go. There's the one that'll get Notch worried that we're going to go off the air. Um, Yep, so they brought in NPSL side. What are your feelings about this new NPSL partnership that a lot of NASL clubs have been making?
0: Well, Minnesota United's NPSL team has come into a lot of flack from NPSL fans because we had to forfeit a game which was delayed twice due to rain. So, so you're talking about guys who had already taken the day off on Friday, being told, oh, hey, we we rescheduled. Then again, then being told, okay, it's canceled again. Then being told, like, all right, it's on Monday. And apparently it was like the other team, the Indy team was saying, the Indiana Fire said, we, we'll play in Chicago. But the Minnesota guy said, we just can't do it. And anyway... So, so, so there is some friction that can occur because of the priorities of an NASL team and the fact that an NPSL team just is a different demographic of player and scheduling. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, it can serve as a developmental angle. It can get guys who you think, oh, maybe next year this guy can be something. But right now he's not so great. It can give them some playing time. It can allow you to keep them in-house, quote-unquote. Right. Uh, maintain a close connection like if you have a 19 year old who's good enough to make the end of the bench
1: but wouldn't be coming in in the 60th every game or be starting just to get them regular playing time i get it i mean it sounds a lot like the uh mls usl pro partnership
0: but but you gotta wonder how this is going to truly benefit them You, you had the two guys i think who had played with the cosmos npsl team and neither of them is so far been picked up by the cosmos right and this I, year next year next well
1: year. i mean it, it more often than not those players are not going to make the roster just by pure numbers you would guess but at the same point you they're playing soccer they're getting paid to do so they're affiliated with a club and in an in injury pinch so let's say you're going to the US Open Cup against St. Louis for what should be a sure victory for example <laughs> 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 and you need <laughs> and you need some squad depth or something you can call in these guys on the ready. True,
0: not a bad way to do it. True, we'll we'll see. I think I think this is still an unknown quantity. We've seen a couple of NASL teams have relationships so far with NPSL squads, but it's never been something long term as yet where the benefit is very clear. Mm-hmm. This will somehow take a little bit of ammunition away from people who are hating on the USL for having. MLS reserve teams, but then want to have a promotion-relegation relationship with NBSL because right. God save American soccer from the clutches of evildoers. <laughs> but anyway, it, it, you need a development team playing somewhere, and we don't have an NASL reserve league yet, so I guess in the scheme of things... if Well,
1: we, oh, we don't have an NASL one, that's right. Well, I guess American-based reserve leagues, MLS tried it, failed miserably.
0: Well, yeah, and nobody so that, cares.
1: Right, exactly. And so that's when they moved to the USL Pro. It's not quite like the uh, soccer structure that but, you'll see in, like, Spain or England
0: or, you know, for example, Italy. Well, I, I don't think you need butts and seats for reserve league. If you're going to invest in a reserve league, you need to do something different. I, I mean, I have... Anyway, we're going to get way off topic and mm-hmm. we're going to start talking about this relationship between MLs and USL. and We can save it for one of those holiday episodes, which has a long... Uh, uh Time without news, but for yeah. now let's let's cut a chart. Let's take a quick break right here. We'll come back with just a little bit of news and finish off the episode. And welcome back to tough Duffcast, everybody. I am not Jeff. Is with me. What's next, Jeff? What's left? Little bits of news that we've got left.
1: Sure. Well, we had a bit of a segue last time when we were talking about the structures in Italy. <laughs> Feel free to rewind if you want to hear me say the word Italy, because you probably weren't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. But players who used to play from Italy, that list would include players like Mata Zalem, who yep. was signed by Miami. Kind of their first semi-flagship signing, you could say.
0: Well, it's all been officially announced. Let's put it that way. Keep in France... This is a trustworthy paper said that it had happened, mm-hmm. um, but we don't have independent confirmation from the team. But the team yep. has said it will sign, announce three players who have signed along with their new jersey the day after we release this podcast. Right, which is the 10th. And they'd already announced the jersey a
1: couple weeks ago for being the 10th, so that's not news. Because remember, the Miami FC jersey is the gift that keeps on giving. So for the holiday season this year, please go ahead and purchase the newly announced Miami FC jersey. <laughs> Sounds when good. He, when you release it 2 weeks before Christmas that's going to be the case. Matizalem is a 35-year-old Brazilian, used to play for uh, Shakhtar over in Russia. Also spent a lot of time in Russia. Italy.
0: Shakhtar Donetsk is in Ukraine, dude. Let's re-record this all then, <laughs> please. The the Russian rebels are in like uh, massively trying to take over Donetsk They were a few months ago So, so that must be what I'm thinking of Let's yeah. go ahead and cut that little bit
1: If you're cool with that notch No, that's
0: not going to happen We're <laughs> going to piss off that one Ukrainian guy Who listens to He's us He's like,
1: Ukraine is, Ukraine is not a part of Russia anymore It's going to be that one guy So
0: shout out to you, homie um, Shakhtar, yeah, right. bunch of Serie A squads Lazio, Napoli, Genoa yep. He was signed to Hellas Verona uh, I think this year? And hasn't played for them because of injury, basically. Mm-hmm. He did play in the 1997 Under-17 World
1: Cup, though. Noteworthy in that World Cup. Thierry Henry scored three goals in the 1997 U-17 World Cup.
0: Oh, wow. Well, if it was that tournament, the uh, Miami FC would be doing really well. Unfortunately, it is now when he's 35. Uh, still a veteran presence. He's played in Italy. You know, that's probably how Maldini and Nesta tracked him down. I see a lot of similarities
1: with Claverson. You know, sure. already he's had a lot of injury problems. Name sounds cool in the sense that he's a Brazilian midfielder who had some experience with the international team growing up. But I'm, we'll see. I I just don't see this ending well, I guess. Or I don't see him seeing the field too
0: often. To I don't think he's way. a big name, necessarily. But anyway, hopefully hopefully, it works out for them. Railhawks signed defender Stephen Miller, who was loaned in from the Tulsa Roughnecks last year, who are in the USL after the USL season ended. He was signed on a loan to the Railhawks. Mm-hmm. What do you think, man? Uh,
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, he already has some experience with the team. He... Played decently well while he was there. Um, they saw something in him. Yeah, they must have. You know, In the last two years, I mean, for a defender in the last two years in USL, he had six goals and three assists. Not too bad. Um, also played in Denmark in 2013, 12 games, one goal. He was drafted in a supplemental draft by Montreal Impact in 2012. He has a, a bit of a history to him with some notable success, I'll say. And for a team like Carolina that is looking to improve for this year and certainly has almost nowhere to go but up, you might as well bring someone who was able to give some good minutes towards the end of the year.
0: Totally. You also have Kareem Moses from FC Edmonton, who we thought was one of those guys that Edmonton could have uh, afforded to keep. Not afforded, I should say, but should have maybe tried to keep. Right. He's off
1: to Carolina as well. Mm -hmm. They just signed him. Yeah, so they've uh, another veteran presence on the team, another NASL player with a lot of experience in the league which should certainly help them with all the new teams coming in if you can get the experienced ones and you already have a roster that has nsl experience it gives you a leg up totally so you might as well and now we go with some speculation
0: yeah which uh, wasn't speculation until about you know, 12 hours ago when words started to bubble through the twitter sphere that tom heineman maybe hasn't yet signed with tampa Stuart McTaggart, one of the, the guys who I trust over in Ottawa, he goes by Fury Fanatic. He's also done some work with the Ottawa Fury every now and then. He went on Twitter to say that Northern Pitches reported that Tom Heinemann had signed with Tampa for 150 k Well, that was incorrect that, that Tom hasn't. There's been no papers signed, no wage estimates, and I personally trust Stuart's sources very much. So I, I would say that what he's saying is true
1: the The team roster I just double checked does not list Tom heineman. there's a there's still some very the players all have full melanin levels. none of them look excruciatingly pale. I don't see any bite marks <laughs> on their necks. Um,
0: so Ben Sweat is safe so far. Our friends of the unused substitutes also confirmed on Twitter that their sources had not confirmed any signing either. So- but they also
1: didn't deny it, so my guess then would be that they're still in negotiations. I wouldn't be surprised if they were waiting to finalize any sort of contract details and cost until the Pino signing was released so that they could you know, say, you didn't win the golden boot, Pino got this much, you'll get a little bit less. I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case, however, we also heard the number 150k floating
0: around too. Which, at, at this point now, we don't know where that came from. Um, so, anyway, w- w- we'll see where Teen Wolf ends up. Just, you know, hide, hide your supporters so they don't get eaten is, is the only point. <laughs> well, that's it, Jeff. NASL News this week so far has been mercifully quiet uh, after the weekend, which I was hoping for because keeping up with Twitter is difficult to do as, like, big headline after big headline gets thrown around. We will also be, not this next week, but the week after, taking a break between the 18th and the 28th or so. So one week, the show will be off the air. But next week, come back for more tough cast. For now, I'm Nach. I'm Jeff. See you everybody.